Are you ready for the Low Bros Network? Did you think for one single solitary second that we were going to wrap up low blows on an indefinite hiatus while Katie Harvey goes off and does her, her Becky Lynch moment, leaving me and Keen like little Askers in the ring um, and becomes a man in the middle of a G1 Climax tournament. Did you think for a second that I wasn't going to come back at a later stage and talk about everything G1? And if you did, do you even know me? Have you heard this show before? That was quite clearly never going to happen. Guys, we're back for the first of our Low Blows special uh, editions uh, that we're going to be doing every now and then. We're still going to be doing Low Blows content until kind of the, the, the main show works itself out and we were, made, we're ready to make our return. Um, but what I haven't done to discuss the G1, because that's what this show is going to be, uh, Goodbye to all the non-New Japan fans. Just, just going out now. <laughs> what I haven't done is I haven't dragged a he- heavily pregnant Katie Harvey back and just gone, Katie, listen to me talk about the G1 <laughs> Climax for an hour. <laughs> what I have done is gone out and got uh, someone that I enjoy talking about New Japan with whenever we get the opportunities. And unfortunately, we haven't as much as we'd liked, but now is a perfect time to do so. Uh, the voice of Irish wrestling um, outside of OTT, which at one stage may have been considered a slight, but he now actually introduces himself as that. <laughs> he is a man who is trying to stake his claim to be on the PWU 500. Uh, <laughs> joining me as my co-host today, it is the one, the only, Ben Given. Ben, how are you? Oh, good. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Look, that PW500 is coming any moment now. I just need to display CTV3, and then I think I'm in. <laughs> ben, delighted to hear your voice. And I know a lot of people will be too, because obviously um, news came out, and, and, and we, we spoke about it on the show for anyone who heard, and, and kind of as well, but it's something I'd like to pick up with yourself, because you are one of, of many who, over the past year, um, has decided to, to leave virus wrestling and, and kind of, again, I'd like to kind of give you a chance because I know, like, obviously you tweeted about it and there was a lot and we retweeted, but of course, Twitter, you can't really fully convey um, your thought process and what went into that because I know for me, for one, and, and I'm not blowing smoke here, um, I genuinely, and, and when I say this, people may take it as like kind of a, a dig or anything like that at other people. It's really not. Um, it's only a sign of how much I rate Ben. I think you're the best play-by-play guy we've ever had in this country. And your knowledge, and, and I don't think you know anyone has come close in terms of your knowledge, your passion, and kind of your full, well-rounded stuff as well. Like even when you just talk about you know the humor and everything else you brought to the table. Um, and I think anyone who worked with you would, would kind of say the same. So it's a big loss to have. So if you wouldn't mind kind of talking us through kind of what 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 brought you to that, because obviously it's it must have been a big decision for you too. Um, it's the the sad, kind of sad thing is that it wasn't as big a decision. It was sort of like a gradual after a certain amount of time, I would say since December, I figured, uh, oh, shows will be coming back soon. Like Fight Factory will be back. Uh, Tanik will be doing some stuff. Oh, maybe I'll go do commentary again. Oh, will I have time for that? And is it worth it? Do I feel 
as engaged with the Irish wrestling scene in general these days. And the answer was no, too much, too much had changed. I had a lovely time at the show. Some of my closest friends uh, that I met in the business are people who have now left as well because of the way things are. And like, unlike others who, because I, I feel there's like a, a gradual wave of a lot of people leaving the Irish wrestling scene and then others staying and it feels like a bit of cancer forming. I throw no judgment to either side. I'm a very fortunate person uh, who's like wrestling wasn't my career path. Uh, it was a it was a side gig, a hobby, something I was really passionate about. But uh, I work in the video games industry. That's my day job. I, I go through all that. I have big projects coming up. So as, as my workload and my mean career got bigger and as I was very disillusioned with the way things were going, uh, I won't go into specifics because this is about New Japan, but they're there on my Twitter. I will shit post about it every now and then. Yeah, uh, I, I said I'd put a stop to it, and I've become a pure Stan account uh, from now on. But next time I get drunk, there's gonna be an OTT, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, uh, as it stands, it's a case of like never say never. I uh, definitely, if someone, if uh, Phil came up to me and said, "Hey, do you want to be a heel manager in yeah. Fight Factory?" It would take a lot for me to say no, but currently my days of uh, at least regularly coming back to shows and doing commentary are probably at an end. Uh, even, even if I still had the like passion and willingness to engage with a scene that's really damaged, and for a lot of people, it's a case where you have to make caveats to still work there. There's a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to work with them, but it's a case of there's nowhere else to work. I'm again, in a very fortunate position where I'll say, oh, I have some reservations, so I don't have to. I'm not going to. Um, but even then, it's a case of like, if I still wanted to, my schedule doesn't line up that often anymore. So I'm, it's, I'm more inclined with talking about it online. Yeah, and, and, and look, it's 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 obviously, it, it, it's a huge loss, but I also respect, I respect the fact that, by the way, you are like living your 12 year old dream life. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you know, yeah. I can't keep up my wrestling commentary job <laughs> because I've got to work on my video game job. That is awesome, man. Respect. If 12 year old me heard that, he would be really angry that I gave up the wrestling one. But <laughs> <laughs> he would understand. <laughs> he was like, You can have it all, man. <laughs> you have, though. And, and that's the thing. Like, you've kind of, you can say that you've done it. And, and, and with that as well, like, kind of, it's, I know people kind of, um, we'll kind of look at it as in like was wrestling your main career and stuff like that like that's deadly the fact that you know you got to you got to do wrestling as your side hustle while like kind of working <laughs> in video games that is deadly and, and kind of when you look at that and you take a step back kind of it is uh it, it like look you, you've, you've done it you've wrestling completed it at the end of the day but with that as well, what if I were to throw one pitch at you and I said, "Courage is returning"? <laughs> could that be? Could that Give move me the, the needle? Give me the book. <laughs> I, I was so certain if they had gotten the four shows, they changed Booker every show. 
I was next. <laughs> I, I want to turn that ship around. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> look, um, look, like I said, I, I hope I, I'm glad. I know a lot of people would be glad to hear your voice. And if this is how we hear it and, and shows like this is how we hear it in future, then we're, we're still very lucky. But also as well, I know a lot of people out there would love to see you grace their screens again. I know. And, and thank you for your contributions. If uh, if that is indeed the end, because they are there, they were many. Um, and, and again, like kind of your, your skills were for me very underrated for what you brought to the scene and you added so much and, and gave us so much as such a huge time for the scene. So thank you for that. Um, let's get into New Japan because that's what we're here to geek out about. It's been a year for New Japan. Um, and we touched on this in our Wrestle Kingdom preview show um, at, at the end of last year when you know, we were at the, that stage, we were like, give them a chance. It's COVID. What more can you do? And it's still technically COVID, even though a week from now in Ireland, the, the restrictions are coming off. And in Japan, they're starting to ease up a lot. Um, and, and we're kind of getting a bit of the looseness here. But it's been a tough year because that excuse has kind of worn off when we've seen how good, particularly AEW can be. Um, and, and we're getting the kind of like grade A content, grade one content that uh, we're, we're, we're kind of used to from wrestling. A lot of people have termed this the happy, clappy crowd era. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's been even some difficult and, and tough booking choices like booking Will Ospreay. And we, we spoke about this at length, but booking Will Ospreay as their champion. Not only that, like again, I'd be of the opinion that like, you know, and this is just my personal code. And I've said this before where again, he probably can still work, but also if you want to hate him, you can hate him. But where the way they booked him and the way they booked it around kind of a domestic abuse storyline and how mm-hmm. he kind of made reference to his, his actions and perceptions speaking out. I thought that was quite tasteless. Um, what has been your overall impressions of new Japan? Are you still here 10 months after our last discussion, are you still here? Like, no, I'm still in or give them a chance or where are you kind of feeling? Cause I know my, my kind of faith has been a little bit shook over the past 12 months. It, it rises and falls. Um, where's your own. Ah. I'm, I'm, I'm very conflicted. I, I would say I'm this year. I'm no longer a Gato fan, yes. but there's enough individuals still in new Japan. who just put on individual performances that are like, I still check out the shows and these portions are really good. But it used to be a case of, you know, for the last eight years prior to this, you would have shows that were slam dunks and not matches within mediocre shows that are slam dunks. And it's just been so odd. There's been a lot of experimental choices. This is probably the weakest New Japan's been since 2006. Like, this is Gato's weakest year as a booker. Um, the So many bizarre choices. Uh, Evil's push, which we did talk about. That was that was brand new at the time. Mm. And it didn't stop. <laughs> it, it just kept going. Yeah, um, but the, the thing is, like, it hasn't evolved at the same time. It's just the exact it, same as it was then. <laughs> yeah, as, as soon as Dick Tobu showed up, Evil was over, and not in a good way, he's done. Um, I would rather Dick Togo be in the main event than, yeah, than Evil. I'm, 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 I'm actually somewhat upset that Dick Togo is currently not wrestling, because I think he can still go, and instead he's just Gato Light on the outside running interference. 
yeah. booking Osprey in the main event. Man can work. I'm not particularly a fan of him overall, but I don't deny that it's like his style is for a large group of people. And he can do the main event style. He had a cracker at Wrestle Kingdom. But character-wise, it's not just hinging on real-life controversies. It's hinging on them because he can't get over as a main event heel. Yeah. And it, they still didn't work together over, over dead silent cracks. Even within the context of the crowds aren't allowed to make noise. The cl- <laughs> even, the, even the happy claps are distinctively <laughs> more quiet for Will Ospreay. The, there was no angry claps. Day. Yeah, there was no actually, angry claps. Yeah, they've started to get really good at angry claps where you're like, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that that's the, oh, the heat in there. Is- <laughs> and then the strangest choice ever in re- retiring not one, but two of the top titles Yes, to create a new title with a not well-received design, then tragedy striking when the guy they crown is their first champion, well, second champion, because it gets awarded to the guy who retired the first two championships. So the first guy to win the title properly immediately gets injured. So within the course of three months, this brand new world title has had three champions. Mm -hmm. And that previous guy is now running around the world with the old belt being like, I'm the real world champion. And this belt's just been established and no one gives a shit about a fake champion angle. Um, King of pro wrestling title. I'm ignoring it. (laughs) It's still a thing (laughs) for some reason. Uh, United empire are a strange on. They're a group without theming. Uh, They're too. They have two breakout stars in them, but neither of them are the leader of the group, and neither of them look like they belong in the same group. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Like, the United Empire as well, like, it's... The the the, the name of them is because Osprey, and Osprey isn't there now, and but he's continuing United Empire. It's very confusing and very in, and it's just, I'm not in, because it's, I don't understand it, and they haven't said it, and it just feels like they're winging it. There's a lot to take in, but like the, I guess the question is, we heard that, like Daniel Bryan, for example, or Bryan Anderson, apologies, he, one of his big caveats when he was negotiating with WWE, and he actually got permission for this, was that he be allowed work at G1 Climax <laughs> Tournament, which, like, when you look at stuff like that, you look at the fact that, okay, things didn't work out this year because of the way, the timing with Danielson signing, um, it still looks like he's going to do work with New Japan because he seems very eager about it, um, and they can... You know, Moxie is still working with them as well. He's probably going to be on Wrestle Kingdom. So you have the likes of Danielson, you have the likes of Moxie. When the world opens up, I still think there's a lot to be optimistic about. I still think there's, there's like this 2022 could be, I haven't lost faith. I'm not, I don't know if it's going to get back to as good as it was because once the spark goes out, it's tough to just reignite it. You can't just switch the plug back. You can't just switch the light back on. But I think that there's enough reasons to be optimistic that this is just a bad year rather than New Japan is now bad. That's kind of where I am. I don't know. I'm definitely the same. I think this has been a bad year, a terrible year by the standards they set in the 2010s. But it's a case of like, 
being a Puro fan is knowing that promotions ebb and flow constantly, especially New Japan. Like, this hasn't reached Enochism. This mm-hmm. hasn't reached the mid-2000s dark ages of that's the worst quality they've ever had. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely a bad year. Doesn't mean they can't recover because they tend to always do. New, New Japan has survived much worse. Uh, they came close to bankruptcy in like 2007 and it took Hiroshi Tanahashi becoming like a mainstream news star uh, for them to even just drag themselves up from that and that started a new golden age for them. So one one bad year, even though it's, a, in my view, a really bad year so far from a booking perspective, uh, isn't the end of the world for them, but it is very disappointing, especially when other uh promotions especially even in japan who are still dealing with the same amount of COVID, are just firing on all cylinders right now like stardom tokyo joshi and noah and ddt are doing some of their best work and since three of those are have the same parent company that just launched a new streaming service that actually has english functionality and is actually easy to navigate it's really hard to like compare New Japan to them. It looks like they're a dinosaur just sort of falling down compared to these smaller promotions that have been waiting in the wings to be yeah. to be noticed again. It's yeah, and 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 it is. It's tough. And 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 look, but we're here. It's a G one, and 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 I guess what we're gonna do now, and, and I'll give a spoiler warning. We are gonna spoil pretty much. Up until now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is, and there's no way around it. So what we want to do though is kind of where however much you've been following this, if you're still waiting to watch a few shows, you know, come back before you watch the final shows because what we want to do is basically set up the final show. So if you're just jumping in now, um, you will be able to kind of follow along with Monday, like the shows are on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all in the morning, all at respectable times. It's around 10, half 10 um, for all three shows. So, you know, you don't have to be getting up at the crack of dawn or anything. Um, but the goal is that at the end of this, you'll kind of be up to speed and you'll at least have a conversational knowledge to be able to follow what's going on. And then with the likes of Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton to kind of bring you through everything, you're in more than safe hands. That That's the goal, but there is a spoiler warning. This G1, though, was important to New Japan because G1s are a chance for it to get back on track. And G1s are an entity unto themselves in that I remember the reaction to the the announcement of of the talent involved. And there's no doubt that when Danielson and and Moxley were on the table, potentially Moxley had been on a New Japan show just a few weeks previous on with Tanahashi, who we knew was going to be in the G1. So we're like, they they can be there. They can be there. Um, When that was a possibility and then we got like kind of the, the, the New Japan kind of bare bones roster that we've been having, including not one, but two Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, <laughs> you have your Yoshihashi, you have your Toriyanu, you have your, you, like you have all the kind of the usual suspects, Um, kind of Chase Owens is in there, Yujiro Takahashi, like it's not, it's not a great lineup, but the kind of point that I made was at the time, and I made it on the show was, that's not what New Japan, that's not what G1 is like. That's not what we like it for. It's not about the stars or the surprises because, like, well, the surprises are, are more the results than the, the people who yeah. show up because by the time night one starts, you know who's going to be there and it's processed. So the disappointment doesn't actually indicate and mean that it'll be a bad tournament. And they had a lot to prove. 
um, in doing so, and and they really needed to do something. And they had a setback, which we will get to. Well, like we'll, we'll mention it, bring it up on the first night. Tetsuya Naito, who was put in the same block as the likes of Shingo Takagi, um, who's obviously also in LIJ, and he's now the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And there was going to be a match where those two would need to face off at some stage because they haven't really done anything with who's the actual leader now. Uh, whereas Naito was always the alpha dog of LIJ, so they there's these interesting premises set up and then Naito goes down with a knee injury. One of the rare cases, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often, but he's, he's ruled out and basically they have to readjust on the fly. So with all of that set up, talk me through kind of how you felt this G1 has gone so far. Um, it's, it's one of the weaker G1s in quite a few years, which isn't, necessarily uh, a knock against it because the last few G1s have been some of the best ever. Yeah. Um, it is a case of like it's marred not just by a lack of star power but by a lack of guys who can really do the G1 format. It's a case of like we haven't even lost um, like our crossover stars or forbidden store stars who we could have had in. We lost Suzuki. Suzuki isn't going to be there and Jay White isn't going to be there. He's the never open weight champion. He's the number two champion in the company. Uh, and a guy like it's not just that a guy like Chase Owens isn't a star he's also shit <laughs> <laughs> and can't, can't have a good match yeah, in, in the G1 format he can't, he, can't, he can't step up to the plate like that but the people who that you still have enough guys who are there who are G1 veterans you have your Okadas your Zack Sabre Juniors your Godos Kenta is in there you know Takagi Ibushi, you still have enough guys there that there are, st- are still enough. Like I was going through, because I was thinking this one is a little bit more disappointing compared to other years, but I mm-hmm. went through the matches that I'd be like, oh, here's the ones that I'd recommend. Here's the ones oh, you might do if you see time. Uh, and there's a lot more of my like must-see ones that I had thought like when I started compiling them together because there's just enough cases of, look, Okada has nine matches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you go. <laughs> go wrong with nine Okada matches. You can't go wrong with nine Ishii matches. You can't go wrong with nine Takagi matches. Um, so it's a case of like, this is one of the G1s where there is a good chunk that I would just say, skip it. There is a lot of fluff throughout this, but the people who usually put on highlights are still putting on highlights. Um, and the Naito thing is the biggest shot in the gut this G1 could have oh. possibly had. It's it's Homer at the bat, all nine star-based fall players befalling nine separate misfortunes. There was <laughs> one story going into the G1, and that's also a rarity. There are only being like one story deep going into the G1, and it made the winner very obvious that it was going to be Naito because the entire story was Takagi winning the IWGP uh, championship and Naito being, Oh, I'm so happy for you, but I'm not really. Yeah. Um, And that, and that was the only conflict going in. And now it just feels like, even though a lot of the in-ring content is still very, very good at the top of the cards, the stakes are feeling less, more lackluster because in previous years, you'd have like four or five guys who have stories going in with like an investment of, if I don't win the G1, this is it for me. You know, my whole life rides on this G1. This time around, 
we had one guy who was doing that and he gets injured on the first night. <laughs> uh, it's not great. Which yeah, is it's very not. difficult. I, uh, well, uh, to, give, to give them credit though on the other side of that is like what they lost in kind of narrative, which, which don't get me wrong, it's big. It's that yeah. big. Because like we look at even like last year and kind of as as fun as it was for for Ibushi to win the the G one for the second time when we were like he's it's definitely not Ibushi because they don't do that and there's no yeah. real reason for him to do that like they like the fact that he didn't have a narrative led to the Wrestle Kingdom main event and we discussed this and they did they made it work in the end because they always do with the Wrestle Kingdom main event but like. It, the story going into it just wasn't that compelling and it was at times just really confusing and stuff like that and I feel like again what they've done with Naito is they've made it at least unpredictable do you know what I mean because yes. I think I think even last year like you couldn't even say it about last year because last year it looked like Sonata was nailed on they gave him the storyline mm-hmm. and he lost the first few matches but then he became unbeatable lightning struck in the middle um and then he made it to the final and you're like Naito against uh, Sonata. That's a, a LIJ derby in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. And then Ibushi won and they swung left and, and that was okay. And But but like now what they have is, and, and I really liked how they pivoted with Zack Sabre Jr. Because that, that was excellent. That, that for me like was one of the highlights from this where they just made him and a final boss out of nowhere. <laughs> and yeah, was... spoilers on the MVP of the G1 list. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a case of where by this bit of action, and I get to see if Nigel's the top three favorite rest of all time. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, we remember that it's like, such a gut punch to know. Like, I remember from the scene. Guys, we apologize there for uh, 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 any audio issues. We've now got sorted and we have Ben. We've we figured it out where Ben has now gone from. We could barely understand that last answer, but now you're in HD. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fully ready here. I've got my Amazing. little like, uh, customer service headset on. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say, but... <laughs> Look, the sound works and that's that's fantastic. So um no, but I agree, it's become very like, yeah, it's become like a sporting event. And and that kind of where that's kind of where we're set up, and we are gonna set up the, the final blocks and give you what you need to know. And the, this is what I like about the G1, and this is why I think it still works. Because, like you said, the, the matches with the people you expect to be good are good. You can literally just look at the card now and go. 
I would watch that. I'd watch that. Wouldn't watch that. Wouldn't watch that. And you're like, yeah, there is no surprises here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pretty much like exactly what you think is going to be good is good and delivers. And what you don't, you can just skip. Um, so that that's you know you can live with that. But also, what makes a G one special is. It's it's not only the wrestling side of it and the names and the book. It's part of it is like trying to fantasy book along the way, but also part of it is like figuring out the maths of it all. Do you know what I mean? We I love doing our, our daily prediction league that we do on low blows because you're always trying to every day. It means you're checking up and you're going right. Okay, they've got this amount of points and they're fighting them and who's going to win that and that'd mean that they've got the tiebreaker over this person and you're doing the maths every day. Um, so it is like a sporting tournament mixed with amazing wrestling and and they they have got a lot of that. So I'll give them credit. We will set up the the final block nights shortly, but first just a few questions. In terms of the MVP at G1, I, th- I think we've we've already spoken about, and, and you kind of gave away yours. You, you're going to stick with ZSJ, yeah? Yeah, especially at least for A Block. ZSJ mm. has put on some of the best performances of his career. He went straight off of uh, destroying Naito <laughs> legit in, yeah. in the first night. And uh, since then, he's just put on banger after banger after banger, and he's been the clear... He's been the clear winner for A Block. It feels like the Zack Sabre Jr. show uh, yeah. tuning in. There's been some other like standouts, and it is the one that four people can still win. Yeah, it's very interesting uh, today. Um, on on the B Block side, um, I would I'd say the MVP still Okada, but obviously we got to talk about Cobb in mm. in kayfabe. Cobb mm. is the MVP of the tournament. He just. Yeah. After tonight, he just hit the greatest G1 record of all time, 16 Amazing. points. He's gone oh. into the final night undefeated. What? Which has never <laughs> been done before. <laughs> eight eight wins in a row. Um, he's losing to Okada, but well, yeah, that yeah, is, well, that is yeah. a tip of the cap. Yeah. Too. Yeah, it's an amazing record and an amazing flex to have. I'd like to throw in Ishii there, and that is the most bland New Japan take you can have, but it's 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 also never wrong. (laughs) You know, he's he's one of these that like, and, and I loved how on the opening night. And this is, we're going to discuss match of the tournament and I'll give away mine now. Um, but it, it, it still comes from like night one, the main event. Oh yeah. And it was just the <laughs> ultimate because what new Japan have done very well is like, they have made missteps, but I think they've realized it and, and kind of course corrected where they can. And this was two course corrections. Do you know what I mean? The main event, the night one and my match of the tournament, Shingo Takagi, obviously we haven't really even spoke that much about him. Um, and and obviously he's 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 up there in MVP consideration as he is in any tournament just because every time he wrestles he's amazing and if he wrestles a tournament like like you said with Okada he wrestles a lot, um, but like Shingo Takagi against Ishii was just like it's gonna be fine <laughs> because we have Takagi and Ishii and they're amazing fucking wrestlers. Um, like, G- Gato can't outbook how good they are. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, no matter what he does. These these individual wrestlers are still just too good for any booking that can be thrown their way. Yeah, um, it also helps with the transparency when it comes to their promos that you don't like lose faith in them because even it doesn't help the uh, New Japan's image that much. But when you have Okada and Naito just having full freedom in press conferences to say stuff like 
oh yeah, this new belt is shit. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. It's a terrible idea. It, it's not good for the company's image, but it still puts you on the side of Okada and Naito. So when they still have matches, you're still like, yeah, they don't like the booking either. So I still yeah. like them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. still on my side. <laughs> <laughs> and this is it. So like, like for me, it's it's got to be Ishii. But Zack Sabre Jr. as well has kind of pulled it out. It's amazing. Like every couple of years, Zack Sabre Jr. just does this. He just goes, do you know what? I'm going to, I think, oh, that was a really good breakfast. I think I'm going to be the best wrestler in the world today. <laughs> I think I think the G1 format is perfect for Zack Sabre Jr. Because mm. it's very in-ring focused. Zack Sabre Jr. right now is absolutely cursed with having amazing in-wing performances that wouldn't work as a Tokyo Dome main event. Yeah. He, yeah, he can't main event the Tokyo Dome, but when it comes to the G1, he will just put on banger and a banger match of the year contender over and over again. But that style isn't the uh, Puro main event heavyweight style. So he's, yeah. so he's always on that level of he'll beat main eventers in the G1, but he's not going to be going for the IWGP title anytime soon. And this is it. And is it even a G1 final type? You know, and we, we yeah. will get to our predictions, but is it even that? Because as soon as you get to that part, and for anyone who's like a newer New Japan fan or kind of more casual, what we mean by that is kind of um, G1 matches and the difference between them and say a, a G1 or Tokyo Dome main event would be the G1 and Tokyo Dome main event, they're the epics. They're the ones that can go 30, 40 minutes. They have false finishes. They they go outside the ring. They're, there's drama. There's this. There's that. There, there's a bit of everything. It's a carnival show where, where every kind of need is taken care of when it comes to wrestling. And Zack Sabre Jr. does. And the difference between the G1 kind of block matches, it's a sprint. It's very much, it's 20 to 25 minutes for the most part, unless it's Okada and Tanahashi trying to like see if they're as close as they can get to the, the 30 minute mark um, while still ending the match. Um, but like it's it's a sprint and it's very much kind of, it favors Zack Sabre Jr. style where you can beat the piss out of someone for 20 minutes and tap them out. And that's amazing wrestling there, but you can't just, it doesn't have the ebb and flow and the epic kind of nature that you need. I think we saw that over here. Like when you even think of Zack Sabre Jr. against Jordan Devlin, the main event of a Scrapper Mania, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. I don't really feel that. And it's nothing against them. Like it's if that was the second last match on that card, it's an amazing match. But because it's the last match on a Mania card, it's it. and that's kind of the, the same thing when it comes to here, unfortunately. But credit where it's due, he's done amazing here and, and kind of deserves credit. So for me, I've kind of given it away. I, I'm going to go for Takagi against Ishii when it comes to, to match of the G1 so far. Is there any others that kind of deserve merit or, or would uh, that be it, kind of yourself though? In ring, I would. I was thinking exact same. Ishii versus Takagi is the absolute standout as far as just the one that's going to get people talking. It's two big boys slapping me in the best possible way. But my personal favorite, I'm I'm in no way saying this is the best match okay. of the tournament, but uh, my personal favorite, sentimental favorite, is Okada versus Yoshihashi. Oh, because I those guys have ridiculous chemistry and they're fascinating to watch because of the history they have together where they mm -hmm. both started off in the same level, not in a good way, had one of the worst matches in wrestle kingdom history. <laughs> and one of them immediately skyrocketed literally a month later to best wrestler in the world. Yeah. And the other one didn't. 
<laughs> still been there and plying away to the point where what started is like ironic love for him of just the he's the obvious pin taker in chaos he's the loser he looks so gormless he doesn't know mm-hmm. where he is he's like almost comical to look at trying to wrestle to wait is he unironically the best underdog character in new japan uh, and this happened the last time they faced in the g1 but every time these two run it back it's them call back after callback of their history okada being vicious of just like i'm the star you're you're fucking nothing and yoshihashi being the most relatable doesn't really know where he is but still trying lovable underdog and it's the one time that this G1 made me believe the impossible because at several points I thought Yoshihashi was going to win. I thought he was going to pull one over on Okada. They are some of the best like underdog hope spot false finishes I've ever seen. Uh, Just a masterclass in how two guys who are completely apart in like kayfabe and even like shoot credibility can use that to put on like a classic story. Mm. Uh, one thing that and we haven't kind of discussed or prepared it so apologies if I'm putting you on the spot but there's something that you always have to discuss in G1s is upsets and it's the, it's the best part because they can still get us and I this is why I, I do terrible when I do G1 daily predictions because I'm always trying to spot the upset I'm always going no they're going to do it dead and what, what I've learned and I always figure it out at the end of a G1 is like it's like no the upsets are never based around no, he upset him because of this. There's never a motive. That's why they're an upset. Gato is perfect. And the one thing he can still very much do, and it, it, it happened here a few times, the one thing he can still very much do is when it doesn't need to make sense. It's an upset. That's the point. It's something where it's just no one is expecting this to happen. And so it happens. So there are a few that kind of stand out. One is the very first night you've got Yujiro Takashi <laughs> going like the ultimate perennial G1 jobber going against Kota Ibushi, the person who's won the last two, going for three in a row, which has never, ever been done. Um, but they're going against each other. And then uh, Yujiro just, just beats him clean in the middle. <laughs> he just beats him. Like, it's just like, that's it. Um, a few others, like you have Chase Owens beating Tanahashi. Oh. I don't think anyone saw that coming or wanted like, it. yeah or wanted yeah. it that's fair i'm not yeah. Yeah, i'm not saying that it's good but it did surprise us it's it <laughs> the most surprising thing yeah <laughs> and, well, and second then, most earlier today was the yes. most surprising for me uh yeah. tama tonga going over clean over okada and i think probably for a few people probably most people that's as like offensive to the core as the chase tanahashi one but yeah. i've consistently gone to bat for tamatonga as being like no he's actually quite good uh so it it popped me big time to just have tamatonga after and he hasn't had a good g1 so far like he hasn't he hasn't proven me right in going to bat for him <laughs> <laughs> in his life, in every G one he's ever been in, I don't think he's G one good. No, but uh, having him just go over Okada clean as as Okada's only loss, and probably going to be his only loss in the entire tournament, was so out of the blue. Mm. I I loved it. Yeah, like that. That is, I for me, like 
Because again, and, and again, it's it's when you're not looking, that's when they pull the surprises. Because for me, I was looking at the card today and I was going, right, you've got Jeff Cobb against Evil. Okay. So you can still have, like, if you have Evil win that as a surprise, you snap Jeff Cobb's like winning streak. Jeff Cobb shouldn't have more points than Hiroshi Tanahashi's record points total in G1. Oh, um, let's so, talk about Goto. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be the Goto one. (laughs) He's been in more of (laughs) them than anyone else except Tanahashi. Like he's been in every one since 2008, which he won. Yeah, and he has a quarter of the points as Jeff Cobb. (laughs) He has four points, and Cobb has 16. (laughs) That is insane. It's the angriest I've ever been at Gato. That is insane. But literally, like, yeah, Tanahashi has half the points that Cobb does as yeah. well. Like, when you look at it that way, it's it's like Tanahashi has recently main evented Wrestle Kingdom. He's by no he's means single like champion. Yeah, he yeah, he's he's yeah, he's the secondary champion in the company. It's nuts. But anyway, look, like I looked at that and I was like, evil could win that because that keeps evil Sonata relevant on the final night. But then when evil didn't win, you're like, okay, they're going undefeated versus undefeated because Tamatong is not beating Okada in the main event. If they'd put Jeff Cobb against Evil in the main event, I'm like, Tamatong is winning. But I'm like, they're not having the show end with Tamatong going, ha, up your bollocks. <laughs> Except they did. Yes. <laughs> so, as, as, as much as Yujiro against Ibushi was such a palate cleanser, and it was literally, it was like, you went into this, you went into this New Japan tournament sneezing, or sorry, snoozing, and you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll watch it because it's a G1. And that was the glass of water thrown in your face. Um, this was the person who slapped, this upset was the person who slapped you after that glass of water my, my because it fi- felt like a slap in the face. <laughs> and because it's so unnecessary. Yeah. My favorite part of this whole upset is that it doesn't change a single thing yeah. <laughs> because Okada, everyone but Okada and Cobb were already eliminated and they face each other in the mm-hmm. finals. So it's a case of like, oh, the circumstances are the exact same <laughs> with or without Tama winning, but he did it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes when that happens, you look at it and you're like, well, at least at like power struggle, we're going to get a good match. Like, no, they're not running this back. This isn't going to be the, the briefcase match. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. But again, if Okada wins, this is the only briefcase, briefcase match, match they can have. <laughs> what? It'll- It'll be like, um, I think this is that would be the weirdest briefcase since like 2013 when Naito <laughs> won it. And his only defenses were against Yujiro and oh. Masato Tanaka. Oh. <laughs> oh, any wonder if either of them are going to take it from <laughs> Yeah, but look, it's... It's as likely as Tamatonga. Who knows? Maybe we're, 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 we're going to a similar situation to Jay White Ibushi last year where night one, it's uh, Shingo against Okada and the winner plays Tamatonga. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, let's talk about kind of, again, the, the, the last thing I want to get to is kind of the breakout of the tournament so far. What I consider the Lance Archer Award mm-hmm. Um 
after a few years ago with arguably the most stacked lineup in uh, G1 history, Lance are just like, no, do you know what? I know you have all these amazing wrestlers, but I'm going to be the best wrestler. And he'd no right to be, and we'd never thought of him in those terms, but he was the best wrestler. Um, And, and like, kind of, again, that's kind of one of the pleasantries that you can get from a G1. Like, you have your names and you have your stars and this and that, but and I know we've said it's it's been a top heavy G one, but I think there have been a couple of under the radar performers who've kind of who've definitely raised their stock. Tamatonga, whether he like it or not, has raised his stock because of today's yeah. and the fact that he may be in the briefcase match <laughs> that nobody wants. Um, but like that's that's kayfabe in terms of like for you, whose stock has risen the most as a result of this G one. This one isn't uh, a surprise like Lance Archer was. If you were going to be a surprise like Lance Archer was, this was some one I saw coming. Like, I saw a case of like, oh, this could be his moment. And it was. Um, in kayfabe, Cobb, but everyone knew that. But no one expected him to be a top gaijin yeah. on a Vader level. Yeah. <laughs> Just destroy everyone. So that's a amazing like tip of the cap to him mm. uh, it's a case of like oh wow he's the top guy in uh, united empire right now um but as far as performances go as far as guys oh we haven't seen these good performances from yet and now we're seeing them it's great okan mm, yes yeah yeah yes. We, we saw a bit of it at wrestle kingdom he put on a pretty good match with tanahashi but as a case of like he's still forming his character he's clearly good but is still refining himself so everyone was kind of waiting for the G1 of like, this is his real testing ground. And he he's not the best guy in the tournament, but it is a clear case of like, okay, this guy's going to be a solid fixture. This guy's mm. good. He's he's sticking around for a while and we're happy with it. You know, he's, he's great. Okan is pretty great. I remember I was sitting there and it was great. Okan against, cause I've had the, I've had the stranger. I've, I've done a first, um, here and I've got to watch every G1 show live and I've never done it before and I'll probably never do it again um, thank God for hybrid working is all I'll say um, <laughs> now have I have I, have I sat down and intently been watching every match no I, I haven't no. because I have to work and, and do all of those things but I've gotten pretty good at being able to do G1 friendly tasks at coincidentally the time that it's on Um. <laughs> But I remember there are some matches where you just have to be like, right, plan everything around that and then just push the keyboard away and I'll work late if I have to later. I'm watching this. And one of them, strangely, it was only the third match in the show. So it was the pre-intermission main event. It was Zack Sabre Jr. against Great Okan. And it's like both of them are undefeated and there's a fork in the road for one coming here because one's tournament is going to the top and one is going completely the opposite direction. And if you'd ask me, and that's just kind of backing up what you're saying. If you'd ask me at the start of the tournament, do you think you're going to be pushing everything aside for great Okan versus Zack Sabre Jr.? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like, I will look when like when Kevin Kelly's voice starts to get a bit intense, I will look up and I'll be like, ah, look, it's getting towards the finish. Who's going to win? Um, but no, this had me from the get-go. And 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 it, like again, Okan is really like his match against Shingo, the main event, and his match against Ishii the other night. Oh my god. It was borderline disrespectful. And there's nothing there was no disrespect meant because he was just rostered to face Naito on the final night. Um, so his match against uh against Shingo on the main event was the like it was his final match of the of the G1. But um 
it's just it felt a shame because it's like you deserve to be there in the final like, in contention um yeah. but it would have made no sense to have him still be because it just would have meant this guy's just hanging out after winning a, 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 a preliminary match against Satoshi Kojima and just going maybe I'll win the G1 tonight who knows um yeah. so but no really good I want to throw another name in there because I agree that Tamatonga's win came out of nowhere um but I want to throw Tangelo in there. Tangelo has held his weight. Like I, he's definitely not one I'd make fun of. Yeah. <laughs> like all, like, all my Bronto is like, oh, Chiesa wins his tank up every match <laughs> he's been in. But Tangelo, he's been fine. Yeah. Cause, like, because it was someone that for me, and, and again, like he's he's not going to be a main event or anything no. based off it too. But he was someone that for me, in terms of just like. I'm not saying like they raised their stock from like nothing to main event, but they, he raised the stock from nothing to definitely not nothing. <laughs> and and but at the start it was like he was almost less than nothing because he was like mocked for being part of that like bullet club, like kind of mm. you know, there was frankly a rude amount of bullet club members in the in the G1 this year. Yeah. Um, and not the good ones either. You've got Yujiro <laughs> and Chase Owens, and it's just a big pile of no. And in that, it got from the stage towards the end where, like, Tangelo is in a match and you're like, you know what, I, I, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to actually sit down and watch this. This could be something. Um, where, like, I just don't have that. There's no one else that have kind of had that opinion change around. Like, uh, Okan is a great one, and, and, and I wouldn't disagree if um, that was the choice. Um, but also for me as well, in terms of, like, someone that started from... Oh, fuck's sake like i'm just I'll, I'll tune in after this match is over to i'm actually gonna watch this match and i'm gonna bet on myself enjoying it uh it's really good and to be honest i wouldn't hate it if they split the gorilla's destiny up because i don't see what like they're a grand tag team and they offer a lot but we've kind of seen every match that they can do played out a million times they, um they're hitting briscoe's level of, yeah we don't we don't have a tag division so we need that one tag team yeah, yeah. Big tag team match every time. Um, I wouldn't call him a breakout star by any means because he's not a star and this isn't a breakout. But I, <laughs> I have been entertained by Tai Chi so far yes. in this G1. Uh, I've always, I would say, I've always liked Tai Chi uh, at least for the last three years. Uh, he's always doing something weird. Yeah. He doesn't take his like image too seriously. I think he like. <laughs> accepted a case of like oh i'm not gonna be the top star that kenta and marafuji were i'm just gonna be a bit goofy mm. and he's gone full shit post in this g1 because now all of his moves are just classic king's road finishers <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing orange crush and emerald flosion everywhere <laughs> and the kawada driver and he's just like I'm just going to do all the strongest moves in existence because why not? I was trained by Kawada. I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> this is why you don't tell someone that they're going to have four points going into the final. Because like, yeah. they're going to do that. <laughs> they're they're going to go, do their bit. Okay. You know what? I'm wrestling for me now. <laughs> it's, it's like the PW Blitz when they start throwing a rugby ball around because yeah. they found one. <laughs> yeah. Year's Eve, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually say I agree. I I love Taiji, and and like he's not someone that this hasn't been his breakout. Um, 
it's kind of low key been happening slowly for a couple of years. Um, I think his 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 win over Naito a couple of years ago that would have been his big breakout. But I think he's there or thereabouts, and I think like it's not going to be something we're really going to be discussing that much. But I think on the final night, I think he's beaten Tana, and I think that's going to set up a future US title match that is has the potential to be a banger. Um. So I think he's going to get his, his due by the end of it and 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 long and well-deserved. Let's go into then the, the permutations. We start, well, well, do you know what? We'll start with block B. I know it's the second yeah. one, but it's it's, it's by far one. the easiest. It's the yeah. easiest block you've ever had to cover. This is it. Like you do, so, so, so the rundown is you've got Taichi against Tanahashi. Um, you've got Hiroki Goto against Tamatonga. You've got Yoshihashi against Shea Jones. You've got Sonata against Evil. Are any of them in any way relevant? Well, though, Tanahashi Taichi, that would be a good match and it'd be a relevant match. Is there any other relevance to gleam from any of those matches? <laughs> Only statistically, uh, if, yeah. if Goto doesn't beat Tamatanga, it will be his worst G1 points performance ever. <laughs> that's that's the only story-wise, like... Uh, point Yoshi, Hashi, and Chase Owens are literally playing for last. Like, yeah. Who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch? Who is going to be the worst wrestler? What a way to sell. <laughs> that's not that's not a way to sell a match. Yeah, um, I don't think Goto, I think Goto's yeah. I think Tamatonga has got his has got his big win, and I think Goto's winning that, I think, handily. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty simply. But yeah, I think that that's fine. So Okada, Cobb, Cobb has set the record for 10 man. Block G1 points totals with 16, eight, uh, eight wins out of eight. He's going for the undefeated slot. I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> Is there any world where Jeff Cobb goes to the G1 final? And consider we've had people that we've had in the past, in like the, the last decade, Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, Hiroki Goto, we've had in the final. Like they, they will throw an upset in there every now and then. So could Jeff Cobb be the guy? Um, the problem with the Cobb final uh, is you would need Ibushi on the other end, mm. like Kenta and Zack Saber Jr. And I definitely don't think Shingo is going because he's the champ. Yeah, the champ never hits the finals. ZSJ and Kenta working outside of Cobb is two heel versus heel. Yeah, uh, you'd need Ibushi in, and I don't think Ibushi is going to the finals uh, this year. Mm. He's been in them. Th- three four years in a row yeah already. this would be his fourth in a row yeah yeah and i and, and in general i think a different guy from a block is winning this mm. um, yeah i i i'm possibly overall i think this is an okada final like okay. it's a case of naito's injured you need the other top guy this is true I, but but having said that just to, just to add a shred of doubt and I agree with what you're saying I, I've got the same prediction but to add a shred of doubt because it'll make it a bit more fun for ourselves we also thought that when he fought uh, Takagi at Dominion we're also like you know Osprey's gone Okada's there when in doubt put it back on Okada so but like again kind of the, the storyline coming into this is Okada is back to being the rainmaker and Jeff Cobb this year has been the stumbling block that has constantly been in Okada's way uh, to the point that the last time it was at Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Grand Slam, he beat him. He beat him decisively. Um, and and it, it was the kind of victory where you're like, Cobb has now 
Like he's he's passed out O'Connor and he's continued to do so. And that's why I like the story. And kind of even though it's it's a type of, it's a G1 thing that makes sense, where when we look at it at the start, we're like, eh, like no, it shouldn't be that way. O'Connor should be the undefeated one, and Cobb, you like flip it around. Um, but like Okada has or Cobb hasn't been stopped since he beat Okada. So only Okada can can I suppose stop be the one to stop him. Is that here? Is that Wrestle Kingdom? It's probably here. Um, <laughs> but it, we, we you never know. Um, so so let's see. Let's get on to block A because this is where it gets interesting. We've got Kota Ibushi, Zack Saber Jr., Kenta, and Shingo Takagi all top with 12 points. You've got uh Ishii behind at, at 10, but he is eliminated because tiebreakers are kicking in. Um, in terms of the final life fixtures, you have bear with me now. You have uh Ishii against Yano. Former tag, uh, former tag team partner as well. I, I say former, I'm sure they'll team up again. Uh, you've got Takagi against Yujiro Takahashi. You've got Zack Sabre Jr. against Tangaloa. And you've got Kota Ibushi against Kenda. I'm going to take a deep breath and then I'm going to explain the permutations. Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. must win and have Ibushi win. Uh, a Zack win automatically eliminates Shingo Takagi. By the way, thanks to Chris Chapman for breaking this down. I'm just robbing your tweet. Um, Shingo Takagi must win and have Zack lose. Have Zack lose and have Kenta win. So he needs a crazy amount of circumstances to win. Can happen. Not out of the possibility, but probably won't. Ibushi must win and have Zach lose. Okay, so if uh, and and Kenta kind of is the person who has most control of his destiny, basically. So if Kenta wins, he's all he's good to go, basically. Um, in terms of like the way it'll break down. Okay, so like Shingo's beaten Takahashi. Uh, we're probably safe in saying that, yeah. Yes. Yujiro is not getting the power struggle title match. <laughs> but but we can safely say that in terms of if Shingo wins, he still needs a lot to happen, which an unlikely amount. Okay, now it gets interesting. You've got Zack Saber Jr. against Tangaloa. If Zach loses, there there is an upset. Look, Tamatonga just beat Okada, so it's there. Or were they planting that seed because they want us to think that going into this? Is that the only reason why Tamatonga won? Because I can't think of any more. Yeah. Um, you've got so does Zack Saber Jr. win? And if that happens, then that basically sets up that if Abushi wins the main event, Zack Saber Jr. is the actual winner. Or Zack Sabre Jr. could win and Kenta be, uh, will, will win the main event. And then you've got the potential Kenta Okada, which isn't an impossible. That, you look at that and you're like, I could see that as a G1. It's unpredictable and it hasn't been the story that's been told in the block. But So, and then Ibushi, you know, if Zack loses, it comes down to a straight fight. Ibushi against Kenta. So how do you see this playing out? We pretty much narrowed it down to Zack against Tangaloa, Ibushi, Kenta. I'm I'm completely torn. Up up yeah. until today, for some reason, I was just like, okay, they've ro- I've, they've dropped the rocket rocket to Zach. It's it's his tournament. Look at him go! What a lad. He's he's winning a block, no doubt. And then at some point, it just it just creeped into back of my head. Kenta Okada. Yeah. And that's it. It's just Kenta. Kenta seems very right for a G1 final. Obviously, he's not been a New Japan guy for very long. He was always a Noah guy, and then he went to WWE. But he's such a legend. 
and we don't know how many years he has left. And I feel like, oh, that's that's probably a bucket list thing for him. I don't think mm. he'll win necessarily, but Kenta <laughs> in a G1 final, I think it's a case of like Zach's style. Uh, G1 final is very Tokyo Dome main event as well. It's a big epic clash and Kenta's more that style than Zach is. Even though Zach has put on better performances, Kenta's, he's, he's still Kenta. And I think him versus Okada might be a bigger match on paper for the finals. And I think that's might be where they go with that. I, I, I think I'm still leaning 60% Zach, 40% Kanta. And for some reason, despite the last four years proving me wrong, every time I've predicted against this, I don't think Ibushi is going to the finals. Every time I say this, he does, and then he wins. But yeah, this yeah. time, I think he's actually not. Oh, it's tough. It's the John Cena's turn and heel of New Japan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's it's a toughie. You're kind of selling me on it on Kenta Okada because the thing with a G1 final is it's a match they've either done a lot, like Ibushi against Naito, um, so that they can kind of do it again and they can kind of give it away. Um Sorry, I don't think I don't think they have been in a G1 final. I got confused. Don't mind me. Yeah, um, but it's a match that they've done a lot, or it's a match that they're never realistically gonna do as a Wrestle Kingdom main event. You're a bushy against Sonata. You know what I mean? Your match yeah. where like that's a good match, but it's never gonna sell out. You're Omega against Goto. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's it's a good match, it's always gonna be remembered but it's not going to be, you're not giving away too much because you're only giving it a match on one day's notice. And here's where I'm torn because another trait in that needs to be that you can make compelling arguments for both people. And I know I've just mentioned Omega against Goto and we all knew Goto was never realistically winning that. Um, But it was, but most of the time you can make compelling arguments for both of them. I don't think you can make a compelling argument for Kenta, even on 24 hours notice. I don't think Kenta against Shingo is something they've ever hinted towards. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see it happening. Don't get me wrong here. But Zack Sabre Jr. is someone we can talk ourselves into winning. In those 24 hours between the two matches, it's someone that we can talk ourselves into. I think I fucking do this. They could... I could see Zack Sabre Jr. No matter what we're saying, and and we'll like we will have this conversation where like Zack Sabre Jr. is realistically never main event in the Wrestle Kingdom. It's never it's never happening. Um, but if they put him in the final, I may have a different opinion come first thing Thursday morning. They definitely <laughs> make me believe it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They made me believe Yoshihashi was beating Okada. <laughs> <laughs> so. I may lean towards Zack Sabre Jr. hesitantly, but that'll change about 50 times over the weekend. (laughs) I'm ZSJ, but I'm just getting into my head and having doubts and trying to second guess myself. I'm trying to open my third eye and unlock a Gato brain. (laughs) Just try and see what he's thinking here. Oh no, Will Ospreay's coming back and winning it all somehow. (laughs) Oh no, I looked too far. This is yeah, this 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 is actual 2021 Gato brain. No, go back. US champion Chase Owens. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Um okay, so now let's look at it as well. Because one thing we haven't discussed, and, and I did want to leave this for here now is 
Next year is obviously, if you see the New Japan logo, you see New Japan 1972, which means next year is a big year. It's their 50-year anniversary. To commemorate this, what they've done is they've given us the anniversary gift that no one asked for. <laughs> and it's not socks. It's a three-night truncated Wrestle Kingdom 16 card where nights one and two are on the 4th and 5th of January, which we got gotten used to and got quite into over the past couple of years. Night three in a different venue, they're giving Yokohama Stadium their, their show that they owed them. Um, and that's going to be on the 8th of January, three days later. <laughs> it's a different show. It's not Wrestle Kingdom Night 3. It is a different show, Night 1. <laughs> but apparently it is. That's the way they're going with this. Does that mean we're going to get a really convoluted three-night like kind of tournament or something heading into it? Or how does the G1 final play into a three-night Wrestle Kingdom? How does this work? This is what's been on my mind. Because on the one hand, I love a two-night Wrestle Kingdom. I hate the idea of a three-night Wrestle Kingdom. I hate Mm. the idea of a three-night any show. Two nights is perfect for uh, a super card, break it into two. But like having a three-night Wrestle Kingdom inherently you're just like okay there's a big gimmick to this there's something like the double gold dash when they did the two night wrestle kingdom for the first time it's like okay there's a there's a massive gimmick that's gonna be that sets the three main events because they don't have uh, an intercontinental title to main event one of them anymore uh but it's a case of like the second there were the two nights were like set in stone by dominion everyone saw the double gold dash gimmick coming Mm. because Naito was talking about it. Everyone was talking about it right now. I have no clue what they could be thinking for three nights. Um, Like the closest is if they somehow saw Naito's injury coming (laughs) and there's some sort of, Oh, he has Shingo has to defend against who pinned him on night one Mm. briefcase winner night two Naito night three. But they announced the three nights long before that, so Gato can't see into the future unless that's how Gato brain actually works. You ever know. Chase Owens, yeah. US champion, is, is who US knew champion. that was the move? That was the thing that kickstarted the new era of New Japan. That's my um, three's main event. <laughs> okay, indulge me here. I never get this right, but let's let's talk about it anyway. I think I know how it's going to play out. Okay. There was a lot of talk when Ibushi defeated... Shingo Takagi and another underrated like that was one of the matches of the tournament amazing and it was one of these matches where you're like oh yeah I'd watch that again and they love doing that um, and usually when you get those matches that you could say that it's a, it's a power struggle main event but also you consider that that was supposed to be the main event at Tokyo Dome when they did the weird extra Tokyo Dome shows earlier in yeah. the year um, and it got taken away from us. And the like Kevin Kelly maybe tipped his hand a bit too much, where he's like, Give me that again in the Tokyo Dome. Am I right? <laughs> and it's like, Okay, I see what you did there. Fair enough. I think that's going to be night one Shingo against Ibushi. We get our Tokyo Dome match. Night two, the winner of the winner of that faces the winner of the G1 because that's the way they did it last year. That is going to be Kazuchika Okada. So I'm picking Okada. I don't think there's any other way. Kenta, Zack Sabre Jr. Abushi is getting his shot, so there's no need to have him in the mix. So Okada. Night three, the winner of that, Osprey. Osprey. Implication match. 
And I think that's going to be Okada against Osprey in the dome for all the belts. Mm. Whether, whether, you know, I know a lot of Will Osprey haters won't like that, but it's very New Japan. It's very, let's run it back with higher stakes in the main event of the dome. You know what I mean? That's yeah. their, that's what they see as their new Okada Tanahashi. Osprey is the new Okada. He was mini Okada when he was in chaos. That's how they see it for better or for worse. And to be fair, since Osprey came back and started doing the new chanting, I, d- I did like his promo in when he invaded the New Japan US show, which yeah, is Loki, one of New Japan's best shows of the year. I did like it, and I like his character motivation because he's he, he's doing the thing. He actually has a motivation now. He's yeah. not kind of doing what you said earlier, where he's too shit to get over as a heel, so he needs to bring in real-life animosity to use it. So they could get me there, but I think that's where it's going. So that for men's that I think Okada is winning. I can definitely see that as well. Um, my only my only caveat, I this is ignoring the three night thing because I'm lost in the weeds. That's very likely, but just as far as who's the briefcase winner and who's challenging with the briefcase, I see it going one of two ways based on one thing that I don't know yet, and it's also because this is a fractured storyline. It's all dependent on how long is Naito injured. Because if he's out up to Wrestle Kingdom or past Wrestle Kingdom, Okada's winning and we're getting Shingo Okada. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to be ZSJ with maybe a curveball of Kenta winning with Naito getting a free challenge for the briefcase. And I think that could really work because, especially if it's ZSJ, because, you know, you can have Kidani or whoever, you know, do a Jack Tunney and say, Mm. look, Naito... He, he got robbed of his tournament, give him a shot at the briefcase, and Zack Sabre Jr. can be like, I don't give a shit, I beat him on the first night. Or are you going to tell me he got six, he'll, he would have gotten 16 points or whatever if I didn't injure him? Uh, and Naito will take it off of ZSJ, yeah. so it's a big tip of the hat for him. Naito gets the win the briefcase, go on, and we get the LIJ back on course. Uh, I like it. I, I don't hate it. I was worried for a second when you started talking about the briefcase. I'm like, are you telling me the Tamatonga is walking away from my tree with, <laughs> with all the gold? <laughs> Hear me out on this one. <laughs> it's, it's called Gorillas of what? Destiny. <laughs> Dick Togo <laughs> turns on evil, aligns himself with Tonga. They work together. Gorillas of Dick. <laughs> Main event of the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Girl is a dick. There you go. We got it. We got it. <laughs> ben, we're not going to top the girl is a dick. Uh, <laughs> not. That's my prediction. I think I think we got it. I think yeah. we got it. Uh, ben, look, absolutely amazing to talk to you again. We're, I think we need to catch up ahead of Wrestle Kingdom anyway and kind of let's look at how wrong we were. Um, <laughs> It's like, it turns out the gorilla's a dick thing was actually very uh, prescient. Like, Look, I, I, I called the Noah N1 perfectly. <laughs> you, can, you can attest to that. It wasn't on air anywhere, but in private, ask people I know. I got that down to a beat. 
It's clearly just New Japan that throws me <laughs> off every time. Amazing stuff as always. Great to hear your voice. Great to chat to you again. And, and I look forward to, to catching up for Wrestle Kingdom. And guys, uh, just to recap, New Japan World, it's all on Monday, 10.30, Wednesday, 10 o'clock, Thursday, 10 o'clock, the last three nights of the G1. Check it out. We hope we've made it somewhat clearer for you and not just totally messed everything up to where you'll have unreasonable expectations for Tamatonga. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Look, uh, always a pleasure, Ben. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, until next time, when we arrive back with a surprise show uh, on Low Blows, uh, that's bottom line because Low Blow said so.